Welcome to Small Business Celebration. We're continuing our series on small business sustainability. And our guest this week, please come all the way from Tunisia to build a very successful online business. This is Small Business Celebration. Welcome, where we're celebrating small businesses for big breakthroughs. Welcome to Small Business Celebration, and our guest this week is Dia Rabi, the co-owner of Comsum. Welcome to Small Business Celebration. Thank you for having me. For visionaries who don't know who you are, who are you and what is it that you do? Hi everyone, I'm Dia Rabi. I am the co-founder and co-owner of Comsa, uh, which is a California-based company here in Orange County. And for visionaries, if I sound a little funny, it's because I have recently gotten over the flu and a really bad cold, and so my voice <clears throat> isn't quite up to scratch yet. But nonetheless, we're here with Dia because he and his brothers have done something that a lot of online businesses wish they could do or could have done. And we're gonna talk more about that in detail on why his online business is doing so well. But in order to understand how that happened, we need a little bit of context first. Now, we're here in Santa Ana, California. Mm -hmm. Yes, we are. And what did you and your brothers do before you started an open concept? Uh, we are film producers, so okay. we make documentaries uh, mostly, uh, right. not restricted to only documentaries. Uh, so before opening Kamsa, that was the main activity uh, that we had. And what's the name of your production company? B Entertainment LLC is a production company here in the U.S. And is it the letter B, or is it the, like the flight of the bumblebee with wings and, and stinger? It, 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 it is the fly, <laughs> and there is a reason for that, okay. actually. So our mom, who is herself a uh, documentarian, a uh, producer of films. Right. She uh, has this incredible energy and she's extremely resourceful and uh, creative. Right. So we like to joke and call her B okay. because she would go from one of her children to the next and kind of cross-pollinate us <laughs> with ideas. <laughs> uh, so uh, it was an honor to call the company after her. First, explain to Visionary Nation what it is that Kamsa makes and builds and sells online. So Kamsa uh, curates, creates, and connects cultural experiences. Okay. And what we mean by that is uh, my home country, Tunisia, has a very, very long history, which is extremely rich in terms of different civilizations that came and built upon each other. So as a result, the handicraft is really beautiful. Uh, not only is it beautiful, it also has a huge cultural heritage, but also it is useful. The challenge was that people uh, would be able only to get it if they travel to Tunisia. And for those of us that are geographically challenged, mm -hmm. where is Tunisia? Tunisia is northernmost point in Africa. Okay. It is almost the entire country. Uh, two plus of its sides on, are on the Mediterranean Sea, okay. and that is a really its identity. So it is a, uh, they call it the crossroads of different civilizations. So okay. if you really wanted to get uh, the perfect picture of east meets west, you go to Tunisia. So historically, Tunisia has been the country of the world where just about every invading army has passed through it at one point in time. Absolutely, uh, due to its strategic location, right. but not only. Also, uh, you know, it has very fertile lands. 
a lot of people wanted to settle that and you'd be surprised you know we had the Carthaginian and Phoenician and then we had the Romans and then we had the Vikings and the Arabs and the Ottomans uh, all the way to the French uh, who got away just uh, 75 years ago and now it's it's its own republic absolutely it is its own republic and uh, it is a republic and a free and democratic country for visioneers that are in California more specifically Southern California if you've ever been to Santa Barbara you've probably seen Tunisian tile because it's everywhere and how did that happen because a lot of the identity of the architecture, especially the tile work of Santa Barbara, is Tunisian. So how did that happen? It is a funny story, yes. People across the world probably have one part of another in their homes, households, or even lives that come from Tunisia. So the ceramic making and the tile making uh, is a uh, something that we take pride in Tunisia and uh, that comes also from the multicultural aspect so uh, Tunisia used to have a huge uh, Jewish community that lived there and one of these artists uh, his last name is Shamla is the one that is uh, his work is featured in uh, in Santa Barbara and the story goes and I think it's not story goes I think that's what happened right. a couple of congressmen visited Tunisia in the 60s right. and they were uh, struck by how beautiful the uh, ceramic making especially the tile we called right. faience uh, the tiles uh, that you put, would put on walls that was very beautiful that they were impressed and uh, I think they were uh, California congressmen so when they came here right. they brought a little bit of that and people really connected with it and then a lot of work in Santa Barbara in parks in libraries and buildings use that same uh, ceramic tile there's culturally something very significant that you're doing here at Comsa. it's the people who are making them and very briefly walk us through what the world was like before what changed and how you're making a difference for a lot of people back in Tunisia. This is a loaded question. So <laughs> Kamsa, we are about the people, whether it's our clients, our business partners, or our artists and makers. Um, when I was in the U.S. being schooled a little over a decade ago, um, my country, Tunisia, started what is called the Arab Spring. So people in a, a collectively but spontaneously, uh, they just rose up and demanded freedom uh, and democracy. That, was, that took the world by storm because usually you think that that's only, that applies only to the West. How can a, a country that is in North Africa, that is culturally Arab, uh, want something like that to happen, right? Uh, so they were able, in a very peaceful fashion, to kick out the dictator and uh, to, to engage in the democratic process. Mm. Now, unfortunately, in that area of the world and in uh, neighboring uh, countries, whether regionally or just close culturally, right. uh, that did not sound so good. Mm. Sure, <laughs> right, 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 sure. Because if the Tunisian experiment uh, succeeded, uh, one could think that down the line in one or two generations uh, people from those countries would demand the same and say look at Tunisians they're living in freedom uh, in a democratic way they get to elect their leaders and they're doing well we want the same 
So over the years, we saw that experiment, which by the way, I cannot emphasize this enough, uh, only Tunisia out of all of that Arab Spring, which included a bunch of other countries, only Tunisia has transitioned into democracy. The experiment is not final yet. It's still work in progress, right. uh, but we do elect our elected officials uh, as of now. And the key to this mm -hmm. is the opportunities that you give a very specific group of people yes. that you do that you do here. At yes, Thompson. as as we mentioned on the top uh, about my mother, uh, who is an incredible woman. Uh, that also, to a large extent, applies to females in Tunisia. The country was founded by a female about three thousand years ago. And uh, throughout history, despite the different uh, cultures and traditions that uh, came to be, females have always held a very important uh, place in Tunisian uh, culture and life and society. Uh, so if we were able to succeed uh, to this point in that democratic transition, it's mostly because of females. I was schooled when I was back there by uh, women, uh, attorneys, doctors, they were all women. It was something normal to see. So when I started seeing the pushback uh, to the democratic uh, transition in Tunisia, we figured that one good thing to do was to actually make sure that females have oppor uh, economic opportunities, are being put to work, and don't necessarily rely on the patriarchal model. Uh, and if they do succeed, chances are the household is going to be in good hands and the children will not follow any uh, bad ways. Uh, or extreme ways, if you will. And it's these fine ladies mm -hmm. who do all the artwork. Absolutely. Uh, you, we owe this to them. 100% uh, of our products are made by uh, females, uh, you know, outside of very few men. And again, this is not discrimination or anything. It is just the way it is. Uh, outside of very, very, very few men, it's mostly females that do the work, this beautiful work, they get to express their talents in an artistic fashion, perpetuate the traditions that are thousands and millennia uh, old, and also make these incredible pieces that people here are enjoying. If visioners want to learn more about you and what you're doing here at Kamsa, how do they do that? You would probably need to go to www.kamsa, that's K-A-M-S-A-H.com, or just Google Kamsa and uh, go to the About Us section and you'll find a lot about us. Social media? I'm not a social media guy. But <laughs> <laughs> that's why it didn't come to mind first. I'm sure. But uh, yes, uh, so we are on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest, and uh, Google, and the handle is Kamsa, K-A-M-S-A-H. And when we come back, we're gonna talk more about how do you make a successful online business. How do you get your presence out there and do it right the first time? And this is something that Dia and his brothers have done very, very well. And if you enjoy Small Business Celebration, go ahead and like, subscribe, and notify. And we'll talk more about how you can have a successful online business by patterning what Dia and his brothers have done when we come right back. The winter season is rapidly approaching, but are the tires on your car or truck ready for wet weather? 
Bakersfield's best tire store, Claro Tire, has been serving families like yours for 80 years and installs and services the tires your family depends on when the wet weather comes. Give Claro Tire a call at 661-324-6069 and ask them about what tire works best for you and your budget. Call Claro Tire at 661-324-6069 or visit them at 530 East 21st Street in Bakersfield or at clarotire.com today. The wet winter weather is rapidly approaching. Call Claro Tire at 661-324-6069 today. I'm here with Dia Ravi, one of the co-owners of Comsa, and our visionary question comes from Adriana who asks, our online presence is having difficult taking off due to the fact that most of our customers want to touch and feel our products before they buy them. What do you suggest that works to grow our online presence? Well, Adriana, uh, this is literally my wheelhouse. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason we're here. Yes, um, our product are extremely visual and also people don't know what they do so that's extremely difficult to sell something to somebody Mm. if uh, they don't know what the function uh, or the purpose for that product is or if in pictures or in any kind of media it doesn't come across as it would in real life Uh, and finally uh, I would think that uh, as a small business owner herself uh, or generally speaking People, if you don't have the pedigree, if you don't have the history, it's very hard to go online and start from scratch. If so, you already don't have name recognition, there you go. There you go. There you go. You know, there are ways to go around this, and it's going to require a lot of patience and a lot of uh, belief in what you do. Uh, I would advise starting with uh, smaller trade shows and markets that cater to the kind of same uh, target audience or target market that. Uh, they want to get involved with, they want to communicate to, hey, we actually have products that serve the purpose or solve the problem you've been experiencing. Right. You know, even if it's very niche, start with that, get exposure, and word of mouth is going to start doing its magic in time. It's not going to be from the first or the second or the third right. you know, trade show or, or little flea market. What's going to happen at some point? But you guys, you and your brothers, mm-hmm did something very important, very significant. Yes. And it really propelled you beyond the trade show in the flea market. Yes. What was that? So we opted to open retail stores. You opened a retail store? Yes, when everybody was running away from retail. Okay. (laughs) Why is that? Well, we figured we had exactly the same um, questions and uh, challenges uh, than Adriana. Uh, we, we figured that we're a new brand. People don't know about us. Uh, people don't know the quality of the products. Uh, heck, some of them don't even know where Tunisia is. Right, you sure, know? sure, so, right. So how Guilty. Would, <laughs> so how would you sell them a product at that price point if they don't have any education or knowledge about you know what that product is so to us uh, opening a retail store uh, even though in terms of investment it was kind of hefty but it was worth it to educate the market Mm. to to what we do make sure that they know of our presence also trust us Mm. know that we're dependable reliable uh, and uh, that we're Short term, solid. You know, right. you can trust us with your business. You are a real legitimate business. A real there you legitimate go. Company. I think legitimate would be the right uh, word. You know, uh, p- 
and at first people would go back and forth right. like a hundred times before they would buy anything right. to make sure you know that we're still there after right, you know, right, 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 right. so we opened in uh, strategic locations you know we opened in uh, Melrose uh, Avenue which is Melrose right yeah known for its uh, vibrant retail kind of life uh, and then we opened also in Malibu why did you choose those two locations it was to target certain clients uh, ah. you, you know it was to meet to make it the shorter in terms of distance between mm. us and the client we wanted to target but it wasn't cheap absolutely not and we knew it was not gonna be cheap and we knew you know you you, you have to get some you you get to you have to be able to get hit right. and not fall in right. order to move forward you know and the education that you learned, because you only had the store for two years. Two years. Yes. First of all, why was this strategically planned that you're Absolutely. only going to do this two years, or does the store only last two years? No, uh, it was planned. That was in the business plan, which okay. is we, we still have here, it's probably right there. Right. We 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 wanted to have stores only for two years. Why specifically two years? One year was too short. Hmm. Two years was right about the, the the perfect timing three years would probably get us into a completely different business model what what because what, it sounds like what you were paying for wasn't necessarily the financial success of the store you were buying an education absolutely absolutely what were you trying to learn so think of it as a, an art gallery that's oh. literally how how we saw it obviously you make sales which is good and some months were better than others but at the end of the day, you just wanted people, even if they looked you up online, to know that you are in that particular location and mm -hmm. then they could just come and visit you and see those products between their hands. You know, now looking at this or that or any of our products right. uh, on images online doesn't do it justice. Right. Now, if you look online and you see that thousand five star reviews and then you see that, you know, we had some celebrities come to our stores right. and things of that nature. And you think, okay, these guys are legit, you know, they're, they're right. solid. We can trust them with our business. Once the two years was over, mm -hmm. how did your business shift and change? So during those two years, we were not just in, uh, in retail, mm. uh, you know, sitting idle. We were touring the country, uh, you know, I drove one day from uh, Los Angeles all the way to Austin, Texas. Oh, wow. Yeah, without taking any breaks outside of gas. Wow. And as soon as I got there, it was a trade show. So I set up the whole thing and, you know, like we were making uh, contacts, expanding our clients list and wow. then drive all the way back. So during those two years, even though we had retail stores, we were active. Uh, right. Trying to, as I said, expand our footprint. And that exposure mm -hmm. led you to what? So even though now we are we don't have retail stores, okay. but we have a pretty good network of retail stores that are still buying our products and uh -huh. selling them. Some of them came from our own retail stores, right. contacts that we made. Some of them became friends, sure. you know. Right. Uh, and uh, some of them actually a very very nice uh, lady. Uh, her husband <laughs> yeah. was Tunisian Jew. Okay, sure. <laughs> and uh, she heard stories about Tunisia she never visited. Right. So she was like, I have to carry these products. <laughs> In a way, it's a connection, you know? Right. And that's, remember what I said? We connect cultural experiences. That's one of Kamsa uh, cu creates, curates, and connects cultural experiences. This is a live example. And from that, mm -hmm. 
you've gotten into some big box stores as well. Yes, so we are uh, in some big box stores, whether it's online, uh, sometimes, you know, we don't, since we, all of our products are handmade, so we have been growing at a pretty fast pace, but there is only so much you can make in one month. So maybe like expanding uh, in an entire uh, big box retail chain was necess not necessarily the soundest move, but we started with, you know, a few stores here and there. Right. And you can find our products, uh, you know, pretty much anywhere like Bed Bath & Beyond, for example, are some of our clients. You know, you can find us in, in, in quite a few uh, retailers. Just out of curiosity, ballpark this mm -hmm. for me. How much of your business is online? I would think definitely more than 50%. Definitely more than 50%. Depending on the time, for example, during COVID, it was... It's 100% <laughs> online. It was, yes. yeah, right. So it depends on, on, on the period of time. You know, people tend to shop in different ways right. in different times of the year. You know, uh, so it, summertime, online would be dominant. Uh, holiday season, actual retail, physical stores would pick up steam. When we come back in the next segment, we're going to be talking about getting the attention of said big box stores, big box retailers, when we come right back. The reason we're talking with Dia today is because of the financial support that comes from visioners just like you through our Patreon page. Simply go to patreon.com forward slash small business celebration and watch some bonus material, bonus content, and some of the games that we play with our past guests. In the meantime, you also learn bonus information, bonus content that you can use to grow a strong and profitable business. So simply go to patreon.com forward slash small business celebration where we celebrate another small business making a big breakthrough. I'm here with Dia Ravi, the co-owner of Comsa, and our visionary question comes from John who asks, in order to get your products into the big retail stores, what have you done that works to get their attention? First of all, do not compromise quality or whatever your mission statement is you have to stay true to your values because mm. uh, retailers and not just retail, any business partner uh, you know they're there for their own interest right not necessarily yours so they can carry your product ask you to make certain changes to the way you do things and then if it doesn't doesn't do well that's it and then you're you you altered the dna of your business for them then it didn't work out right so make sure that you succeed with the concept that you had in mind right do not compromise the quality customer service and then when you meet them as we said in you know for example one of our clients just happened to uh, come inside the store and they were like we love this and we established contact, right? right. Uh, but then when they see that you still have been doing the work even before getting with them, you know, clients are happy. Uh, your, any business partner of yours is happy. You're right. ethical. Then they will probably uh, think it's easier to do business with this individual. When you're talking with the big box retailer, mm -hmm. what are the three things that you emphasize about the quality of your product to them that differentiates you from everybody else? I think our value proposition, uh, which is extremely hard to kind of uh, align, is we're good for the makers. Uh, 
you know, we pay them way above average. And that's not, you know, that's not even like a favor. Uh, we love doing that. Right. When they work, I'll give you an example. We used to have very, very, very high rates of defective products. Mm. So when the people who, uh, the artisan who are making our products felt that they were part of this journey through pay raises and what have you, but not only, we also have other plans for them. The defect rate, the poor quality went down so much, we're almost hitting 100% of great uh, quality products right now without wow. even, yeah, like we do very rigorous quality control process. Number two, we're good for the environment. I think in today's world, people don't just want to buy something to buy something, you know? You're spending your own money. You don't need to be extremely wealthy or successful to have an impact. You can have an impact even with a dollar that you're spending, you know? You spend something that is not necessarily wrapped in plastic, but wrapped in something else. So we try to do that. All of our products are uh, earth-friendly, chemical-free, not to not to hurt the people who are making them, but also not to hurt the planet. We try to go to extreme length to make sure that we're still abiding by that rule. And finally, the final customer, right? Uh, when they buy a product, it is it is good for them. For their, uh, it serves a purpose. It solves a problem. But also, they're happy that their purchase did not do something that goes against their own values. And when, when you use it, it's a conversation piece. So it's kind of win, win, win across the board. You have two master's degrees. Yes, I do. One is in production, mm -hmm. the other is in? So I have an MBA degree with concentration in entrepreneurship. <laughs> and I'm willing to bet you that everything that you learned at university, you've mm -hmm. applied flawlessly to your business. Uh, yes, to a, to, to a certain extent, you can apply it, you, you can apply it, but it doesn't mean that you're going to get the results you, you budgeted for. So uh, if you're asking about only applying, yes, if you're asking about what happened after you apply it, then no. I can tell you that's something. I'll tell you a funny story, actually. One of our professors, he's a very good, uh, successful man. Uh, uh, I don't know if you can say the name, but Richard Sudek is his name. Uh, and he teaches at Chapman. He teaches at Chapman now. University. He's at University of California, Irvine. Okay. He set up pretty much the entrepreneurship for both schools, uh, the okay. uh, e-village. Uh, and the first class he, he in concentrating in entrepreneurship uh, for my MBA, the first class he said like, well, nothing that you're going to learn here is going to serve you in real life. <laughs> <laughs> So I was like, that's great. Uh, that's a great way to spend my money. <laughs> sure, right. Uh, but it was one of the best classes I've ever had, that uh, module. Uh, and it really prepared us um, because you can plan all you want. Life, God, other forces, whatever right. you want to believe in, they may have other plans for you. Right. You just have to be able to adapt. Sure. You have to be able to get down and dirty and do things yourself. So, you know, it's not because you have certain education, you're the business owner that you don't do certain things, even physical labor. So uh, at some point we shipped product and it was supposed to come to the U.S. at a certain point. 
it never made it to the US. Uh, four or five months later, it was on the other side of planet Earth. Oh, no. We didn't know why. Sure. Uh, you know, uh, so, but we needed that product. This was during the first year after uh, we closed our retail location. So oh, it was very right. important for us to establish a solid reputation even after that. Right. So what we had to do is we had to fly product, make more of it and fly it. Now we're, we're talking several metric tons of product. That's like, <laughs> no. that's like thousands and thousands of pounds. Imagine how much it costs you, uh, you know, people your age, uh, maybe settling down, you know, families and things like that. Right. And you make the choice to take care of this baby, which is your business. So once we flew the product in, you know, we spent a good two nights, now when I say sleepless nights, I mean it in the literal, literally sleepless. Right. Because for over 48 hours straight, uh, we were packing things up and boxing and everything. We didn't necessarily have the time to do the quality control uh, in oh, here. No. So we ship it to our clients with, who trust us uh, with their business. And I get that call. Oh, and it's no. like, what is happening with the product? And the product was not good. So not only did I have to pay for it to be done all over again, shipped through air cargo, and we paid for expedite shipping to our different clients, we had to recall the whole oh, thing. Oh no. And that was one of those moments where, you know, uh, you really have to have a, like a mission that is bigger than yourself to keep going. Because right. it was so, so, so easy to close down at that point and say, you know, like sometimes things just don't work out. What did you learn from that? Uh, you know, that I needed to, you, know, you just need to be ahead of things, mm. right? Uh, I, there was no other way to learn that lesson. You had to go through it. You know, that's it. Um, you need to plan for these kind of things in the future. But you, as I said earlier, you have to have that ability to, to take a punch without falling. It's okay to fall down and the ref is counting right, as right, long as you right. make it back up before uh, the 10 count is over. Uh, the other thing is you learn really a lot about yourself and how tough you are uh, and your ability to, uh, to kind of bend destiny, even 1%, even a fraction to your own will, right. as opposed to just accepting, you know, a loss or a defeat and moving forward. And it's these kind of experiences that actually show you who you are. If visioners want to get in touch with the idea, mm -hmm. how do they do that? You can uh, visit our website, comsa.com, and then at uh, info at comsa.com. I read all emails. So <laughs> <laughs> I answer uh, everybody. Well, Dia, this has been a real privilege. Thank you for joining us here on Small Business Celebration. Thank you for having me. This has been really good. And I'll be right back with my final thought. The winter season is rapidly approaching. But are the tires on your car or truck ready for wet weather? Bakersfield's best tire store, Clareau Tire, has been serving families like yours for 80 years and installs and services the tires your family depends on when the wet weather comes. Give Clareau Tire a call at 661-324-6069 and ask them about what tire works best for you and your budget. Call Clareau Tire at 661-324-6069 or visit them at 530 East 21st Street in Bakersfield or at ClareauTire.com today. The wet winter weather is rapidly approaching. 
Call Clarou Tire at 661-324-6069 today. And it makes all the difference in the world. Earlier when I was editing this episode, my wife came into the room and she came upon the segment where Dia was showing us the very beautiful tile work from Tunisia. And as she gazed upon the screen, her eyes got bigger and bigger and bigger. And I asked her, honey, what's wrong? And she said, my head just exploded. And I asked her, why is that? You see, my wife grew up in Santa Barbara, California, and she said, everywhere that I went that used Spanish colonialism, I thought the tile was from Spain. I, I had no idea that it was from a totally different part of the world. Now, after we got done with our conversation, as I often do, I started thinking about my business, and I also started thinking about other businesses of other fellow visioneers. And it got me to thinking, you know, we, we build our businesses and we build them with a specific type of look, a specific type of feel, the, the products and services that we offer. And yet, it's not until we make that one small change from someplace unrelated, a, a totally different part of the world, that changes everything. It makes a huge breakthrough in our business. It makes all the difference in the world. I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Dia Rabi, the co-owner of Comsa, and I hope you learned something that you can use today to grow a strong and profitable business, and we'll see you here again next week when we celebrate another small business making a big breakthrough. Thank you for listening to the Small Business Celebration Podcast. Some of today's music was brought to you by Ted Hammond, and you might find more of Ted's music at ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. That's ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. If you enjoyed this episode and gained some insight from it for your business, subscribe to the Small Business Celebration Podcast at iTunes.com forward slash Small Business Celebration and give us a five-star review. Also, if there's a business you'd like us to interview, reach out to us on LinkedIn and Facebook and let us know. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Roberts of the Small Business Celebration Podcast, and we wish you a strong and profitable business. <laughs>